This is a Strips Trust podcast. All news and all views expressed in the podcast are those of the contributors, not necessarily those of Morecambe Football Club. Yeah, 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 yeah. God, I believe me. Blessing in the land is Morecambe FC. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As long as me. Blessing in the land is Morecambe FC. Right, hello again, and uh, thanks for joining us at ShrimpNet, the podcast of the Shrimps Trust. Uh, guests joining silly old Hector and Joel this week. Uh, we have the best handicapped golfer on the board to keep us informed with what's going on in the boardroom. Welcome, Charlie Appleyard. Hello, Charles. Good evening, guys. Good evening. Good evening. Uh, and joining us a little later on uh, is from behind the scenes, who knows what's going on uh, at the Mazuma in 2023, and he's going to tell us. And uh, it's Martin Thomas. Um, we would normally have a, a player on from the dressing room. And we did have, thanks to Harry, we had uh, Connor Ripley uh, signed up for tonight. But unfortunately, something's come up family-wise and Connor can't make it. So uh, we might be a little bit truncated and without uh, the wonderful Connor. But I will talk about Connor in a little bit. But start as we mean to go on. Thanks for joining us, everybody. Um, three wins on the bounce, Joel. We can't really complain about what's going on, can we? No, yeah, I, I'm actually wondering if the reason why Connor's not come on today is because he's had so little to do in the past couple of games. I think we've conceded <laughs> one shot on target uh, against Burton and Cheltenham, and that was Cheltenham's goal. So it's been it's been really impressive, and uh, I think especially the Burton game was while we, we we play very well, Burton did have some pretty clear weaknesses which we exploited. Cheltenham, on the other hand, I thought they did prove a bit of a tougher nut to crack. Uh, they looked. They, they, did, they, they did look a better side. They did look a, bit, a better side, and you can see that in the table as well. And but you know, Derek said it was the best football that we've ever seen at the Mazuma under his time. He, he may well be right to be on this under his yeah. spell because some of the some of the uh, the, the interplay between uh, Weir and, and and Watson Phillips and everybody it, it was really really delightful. And that first goal was was a super super move. So. Yeah, it was nice to see that kind of gelling and also the team not really thrown off too much by losing Stockton because he'd been such a big part of the two wins that came before. True. But then what's to come in, who is ultimately a very, very different player and the team to kind of still retain that similar identity and style of play that we had in the in the previous two games, but just adapt a little bit and tweak how they attacked to, to get the most out of Watts because while... Obviously, Watts isn't going to hold the ball up in the same way as Stockton. What he will do is he'll drop deep, he'll swap with Weir a bit, and he'll do that, those kind of nice little interplays. He'll carry the ball quite quickly up the pitch. So, you know, you lose what you get. You lose some stuff from Stockton, but you gain some other stuff from Watts. And obviously, he's had a big hand in the first goal, picking up the ball, carrying it past somebody on the halfway line and feeding it through to Weir. So, yeah, on that front, it, it's really positive that we've adapted to that. Also, we've adapted to a setback as well. We've not had that in the Accrington and Burton games. True. You know, that we their goal, it was against the run of play, you know, right in half time as well. It's a bit of a cliche, great time to score, slash bad time to concede. But we've come out after being the first, the better team in the first half. And we didn't really look phased, I thought, after half time. We were just like, right, they've scored, but we've been the better team here. So same again within five, ten minutes, we've got the lead again, and then we've got some to defend for the rest of the half. So that worked really, really nicely. I thought we defended well in the second half as well. 
they didn't have a shot on target. There was a couple of scary moments when they got the byline to cut it back, but we dealt with those nice. We had lots of numbers back in the box. There was a lot of good getting stuck in. Gibson, I think we've got to talk about him at CDM again. You know, it's a difficult role to adjust to. We've talked about it before on the podcast when he came on a, few, a couple of months ago now, I think it was, because, you know, you're going from having that touchline against you and then suddenly you're in the middle of the pitch, people are buzzing in and around you. And it's difficult. It's really difficult. But it seems he's got his bearings there now. And I think he has got a lot of kind of raw skills in terms of how he handles the ball. He can pick a forward pass. He's got he, he's good in the tackle. He's good in the air as well. So he's got a lot of skills that can work in that area of the pitch. It's just a matter of learning the position and kind of getting your bearings there. Because, it, it, you know, it's a difficult one to get into there. But, yeah, really pleasing overall. I thought, yeah, to dig in and to hold out for the win and ultimately not have any real scares in that second half. There weren't any kind of proper heart-in-mouth moments. And, yeah, fantastic to see. And you know, finally, good to see that we've just found that little bit of a formula that we can kind of build around and work on because I think that was, yeah, because we, we've been, we, we, I think, look at all the formation and personnel changes we've had this season. And I think Derek's been really trying to find something that is going to work that we can kind of focus on. Formula. The magic formula, yeah. And and who knows if this will last, but so far for the last few games, it's, something, it's nice to have something that's worked consistently for a few games in a row. I, I think, uh, I think the major point that you've made there is the fact that we didn't look phased um, when they equalised with possibly, well, it was their only shot on target in the entire game. Um, and it was it was strange that, that obviously the second goal of the game and the third goal of the game, uh, it showed you both, both sides' weaknesses from their own set pieces because they broke away from our set piece and then we broke away from their set piece in the second half. To yeah. uh, uh, you you know, could probably say as well, it's both sides, you also showed both sides strengths. I remember when we played Cheltenham at their place, we had more of the ball, uh, a lot more of the ball, but they just counted on us really, really well. Yeah. And look, look at how we've played in the last few games and, and generally how we do play under Derek, we tend to be stronger on the counter. So I guess it's quite interesting. It's always interesting when you've got two kind of teams who like to play on the counter a bit more, how the kind of dynamic plays out there. But then again, in the first half, some of our possession play was really, really fantastic. So it was nice to see that side of our game. And maybe somebody like Watts does help facilitate that a bit. And I, I think it's a fair point. Charlie, it, it was lovely to see. I'll take, I'll take what Joel said and run with it there because that was our third win on the bounce. But obviously during that first half, we were playing some lovely stuff. And you could see the players were full of something that hasn't really come this season, and that's confidence. And confidence in other players, not just in themselves, but there was loads of give and goes. And it, we actually looked like a, a fairly decent side for the simple fact that we were playing football, good teams just pass it where they know there's somebody going to be there rather than looking for that pass. And we had a 20-minute spell where we were full of confidence, 1-0 up. And obviously there was the Kieran Phillips overhead kick, et cetera, et cetera. There were numerous other chances. Uh, and it was just delightful to watch. No comment. <laughs> sorry, that's later. Sorry, sorry. Um, uh, yes, I mean, it's just been great to watch. I mean, as I said in the previous podcast I was on three weeks ago, um, I said we're going to get 21 points out of 24. <laughs> Nine out of 12. We all laughed. Yeah, you all laughed, didn't you? Yeah. All the fans, everyone laughed at me. 
Well, we've got Cambridge away, Ipswich away, maybe not. Um, Port Vale <laughs> at home, Bristol Rovers at home. We've got a chance. Yeah. You would have thought we'd even get close to 21. You know, wonderful to see. Really good, positive attitude from everyone. On another podcast, Dave Salmon's podcast, I listened to um, the other day. Gibbo was on there talking about how, you know, he likes to just give the ball. He's so, so self-deprecating, Gibbo, and he's a brilliant guy. You know, he gives the ball to Jensen and, and, and Liam to do, do what they want with it. And uh, there is definitely confidence running through the veins. The young guys have got um, used to playing together a bit more, I think. Obviously, Adam and uh, Ryan on the wing, playing wing back has been a revelation. Yeah. Um, three at the back look great. You know, Connor is having a fantastic season. You know, Delaney, everyone just played so well last Saturday, didn't they? I mean, I, I was one of the very few people who were lucky enough to be at uh, Cheltenham a few months, a couple of months ago with the uh, hollandaise sauce on uh, no gravy as well. No gravy, yeah. Um, but, um, you know, it was a really, really, really dull game. Yeah, it wasn't um, great. It was really, really, really dull. And, uh, we had a couple of chances actually, didn't we? And uh, I think Kieran Phillips should have probably scored scored in the last minute there. But yeah, you know, overall, it's so much more exciting to watch. The home crowd are getting up for it. You know, Gibbo is saying how much uh, they're all buzzing off the crowd. And Derek, Derek, I don't think Derek said. I think you misquoted there, Joel. I think he actually said the best. It was the best football Morecambe ever played ever. Not under his, not under him. This is the best football they've ever, we've ever played in the history of Morecambe. Not overselling yeah. it at all. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, you know, we've never been in League One before. The best people played in League One, maybe, but never mind. Yeah, but, uh, you know, all in all, really positive, really, really great. And um, uh, I wonder what odds, I, I can't bet on football, obviously, my, my director duties, but what would the odds have been of getting 15 points out of 24, for example? Not very well, many. I, I, I don't very know, many. but you, you know, you can't bet. So uh, I, I should have trusted your instincts and put some money on it because I can, but I am, I am absolutely, utterly rubbish at betting and usually. If I back something in the national, it ends up in the glue factory the day after. So I tend to stay well clear. But all in all, you know, after May, after May got picked me up in the second half, but he still couldn't score. Um, <laughs> but he's a good player, and he, you know, he scored against us a couple of times. I've seen him play score against us a couple of times now in the uh, in, in Cheltenham, and uh, he's a danger man. He wasn't surprised he, he stuck it away, was it really? But uh, all in all, we just seem to be coming together. I want at the it. right time, David. At the right time, David and Joel, because yes. a number of teams aren't going either way. And that, that's where Cambridge come in because they've won one in eleven out of the last sixteen games. Won two, drawn two, lost twelve. That's in the last sixteen in all competitive games. So I've been doing some research, and uh, which is not like me. <laughs> but yeah, Cambridge, the wheels have kind of fallen off, and they were a little bit unlucky, but lost to. Bristol Rovers last weekend, uh, 2-1. And I always think, well, you know, are they going to lose two home games on the trot? Well, it does happen. And it does particularly happen when uh, and another amazing stat that came out this week was that take away Conor Ripley and the outfield players average age 22 last Saturday, which is yeah. absolutely brilliant. Uh, yeah. Now, it, and I want to speak about this, the Cambridge game coming up, I don't. This is personally talking to my mates in the barter card. We've never had we've never had four better loan players in in my lifetime than the four we've got now, um, and it just shows you the difference being in League One is is making to the loans that you can get because it's a decent standard, as we know. There are some uh, there are some uh, clubs with big budget in this, but Jensen, Liam, 
uh, Kieran and Caleb have all done themselves justice. As you said, Joel, Caleb now looks like, oh, I, I can do this. Uh, there was times when he maybe didn't think he could, but he looks like he can now. And following on from that, if we score early against Cambridge, I think they could fold. Discuss. <laughs> yeah, well, it's been interesting watching our tactics and it, it was something that might be worth asking one of the players about at some point. But uh, the fact that we've we've switched ends on every uh, all these recent home games and mm. for the first couple of times, maybe it's coincidence, but for, for it to happen three times in a row is a bit odd. And what we have seemed to have been doing is hitting teams quite hard early on. And getting 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 ahead in the game, preferably going a couple of goals ahead, and then having something to defend. And I think we spoke about the other week that second goal just gives you that little bit of bit of confidence that you can hold on to that lead a bit better. So it wouldn't surprise me. I know it's away from home, but I'd like to think that our tactics aren't going to change that much in terms of how we're approaching the game. So uh, so yeah, hopefully we will be able to kind of. Knocking for six, and in terms of the, the loan thing as well, I, I actually had I think it got mentioned on the, on last week's podcast. So I actually went and had a look back through transfer mark to uh, all our loans, and we've had some good ones. We have, we have had plenty of good ones, but to have four like that, yeah. like this, in all in one season together, and yeah. for them to all hit, you know, work out the way they have it, it's fantastic. And uh, yeah, they're all performing brilliantly. It makes it, it makes summer a little bit scary, but. Uh, yeah, now, you know, as, at the end of the day, that that's that's lower league football for you, isn't it? It's uh, it's one season, two season, one year, two year contracts. Everything's a quick turnover, and you're yeah, always going to have to you're always going to have a big job to do in the summer. So, uh, but yeah, long may it last with the loanies because they're doing fantastically well. And just quickly on Cambridge, actually, what's really annoying is before this terrible, terrible run. I think their last game before this awful run was they them beating us, was, place. and they played quite well that day. I thought <laughs> they played quite well. Ironside was fantastic that day. Really gave our backline a bit of a bullying. So, I think we do owe Cambridge one. I felt we owe Cheltenham one last week actually because we've not been good against Cheltenham in League One, and then to get one over on them was good. And yeah, Cambridge, we haven't we haven't done well. We've lost what six consecutive games against them. I think. I Throughout. think yeah, the, the most memorable of those was that seven nil. <laughs> Ball five nil. It was Newcastle at the seven nil. Thankfully, it wasn't quite. Oh, oh so, no, 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 no. Oh, oh, the seven nil in twenty fifteen. Yeah, when, last three... when, when Jim played all the kids. Yeah, but well, in the last three seasons, oh, and it must be helmet. No, we've lost five games in a row now against Cambridge, off the top of my head. Both of them in the promotion season, both of them last season, and now the first one this season. So you know, we owe Cambridge one. I think it's time. I, I would agree with that. The promotion season. Uh, the promotion season. Uh, Shiloh Tracy came on a sub and basically took on Ryan uh, and uh, took on took on Ryan Cooney uh, in the box and then Ryan Cooney kept pace with him so he stuck his foot out so that Ryan Cooney kicked it and they got a penalty and they won two one and last year you remember Greg Lee played right back and uh, their guy went down the left hand side and Greg Lee just whispered at him and he just went fell over and they won by another penalty. So we've lost two one there the last two seasons to two very very debatable penalties. So uh, I'm expecting you know the ref, ref being from Lincolnshire or Norfolk or somewhere just where it's close. Uh, but like I said, if we get if we score early, I do fancy us because they 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 they're gonna they're gonna be uh, the confidence is gonna be in the boots, whereas ours is now sky high. So fingers crossed. But um, well, you say that, David. You say that, but uh, you know they are a bogey team. You know, uh, I think we we are, we are playing very, very, very well. You know, I heard a podcast the other day with with the 
the Cambridge podcast guy on saying this, uh, they are playing rubbish. They are not doing very well, but they, they all know they do well against Morecambe, so they're probably going to be up for it and probably really, really think it's a good way to end their, end their bad form. Um, so I hope we don't. And the annoying thing about going to see Cambridge, they're really, really lovely people. Yeah. Really nice. Everyone's really nice there. They yeah. look after you. They're in a similar position to us. Yeah. The, the chairman's a lovely guy. Everyone's just really, really great. And they've always beat us. And, at the end and the it, day, it makes that like, more annoying. Oh, oh you, you deserve you no, you deserve to win. No, you deserve to win. No, no, you deserve to win. <laughs> you know, and then and then, and then we leave and we're in a big mood. And uh, you know, it's, it's, it's um it's not guaranteed, but we are playing very well and they are very, very low in confidence. He did say they lost 5 0 to Sheffield Wednesday of the week, but last year they lost 6 0, so maybe they're improving. After that, and also, they'd also, they'd also, they'd also be to pod, National Podcast Awards in, in, um, in, in Nobu in central London. Maybe oh, we, might, we, we might get there one day. Still, well, so, you know. Yeah, you never know. With it, with the esteemed guests that I keep getting on, like exactly. uh, Martin Thomas is coming on a bit, like Martin. And, yeah. <laughs> and, um, and, and you forget to mention David. Two years ago, Gibbo got sent off in the last man. He was next to the corner flag. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gibbo did. Yeah, that was one of the most ridiculous. ridiculous. Off ever. And well, also, I actually watched that game back early just to do a little bit of revision on that penalty and that red card. And Mullin kind of is running towards the corner, stops. Backs into Gibbo and then Gibbo just runs into him and then yeah. Mullen just jumps on the ground. It's ridiculous. It is. Final thing I'll say about the loan, loan, loans, David, the interview with Derek on the official website at the moment with uh, Radio Lancashire today, talking about the loan stuff. And he's talking about how we do really, really look after our loan players and give them opportunities and get that at other clubs. You know, with Phillips and Cooney, I think we led the way, good examples. And like Mufumbi and other people like that came along and did a really great job. You know, um, Cole Stockton so we're open. We're open to um, speaking to all different academies and great. Each other, great job with Greg, Greg Strong and uh, Derek are doing in that regard. I think so. They deserve a big, big, big uh, round of applause really for that. I think. So we, we will see what happens at the Abbey Stadium. But the only thing I, I'll say is we are due a bit of luck. But we'll see if we get it. Yeah. Um, so, a, a talking points from the last Saturday's game. Uh, Obviously, the uh, the amusing thing that caught everybody's eye was Conor Ripley lifting up lifting up Alfie May and him wriggling his little legs while he was being picked up, and then turning him round and dropping him somewhere else. And then Conor, Conor, when he walked back to take the free kick, was absolutely laughing his head off. I've no idea what Alfie May whispered in his ear. That's what I wanted to ask him who was coming on tonight because he was just howling with laughter as he walked back towards the barter card. So. But uh, that was uh, one of Connor's better comedy moments. But I, I noticed um, there was a really nice tweet from Connor this week, uh, of just saying, you know, about um, how happy he's doing with his martial arts and etc. But thanks to everybody at Morecambe AFC for uh, making me fall in love with football again, and that's quite a nice thing to say from a from a New Year's tweet, isn't it, Joel? Yeah, I guess it's one of those where, like, obviously, I think. Not wanting to assume too much, obviously, but like obviously he's been at Preston and not gotten a great deal of kind of starting football there and been out on a few loan spells, which I imagine is you know a bit annoying, just kind of constantly getting sent around to different clubs and then yeah. to come here and just really be able to establish himself at number one as number one. And then I think we've seen the, his performances grow throughout the season when you kind of get that foot in 
you know, it, it's it's what you want, I think, as, as a professional footballer to be at a place where you're starting every week and the fans love you and there's a good relationship there. So, yeah, I'm, I'm, you know, it's really nice to see that kind of, that bond with the club and the fans and just him in general with football developing. That's that's really nice to see. And again, he's got a great, he's got a great um, affiliation with a great story. You know, the pop when he came with podcast talking about how he didn't want to be, he was a striker and then yeah. the trials. And then yeah. what's going on, obviously he went in goal. He never been in goal before, and he ended up getting. Yeah. You know, someone come come from come from come from nothing, worked hard. You know, not 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 relied on on the reputation of his dad or anything, and really really worked very hard. And the huddle he does, where he gets the crowd going, they're a big unit. Um, saved he's made. You know, you forget he really hurt his hand, didn't he, at the beginning of the season? Remember, he had to torn his tendon when he came on. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, and, and he still played right through that. So all that sort of stuff, really, really. Uh, it makes him very amenable to the fans, I think. So moving on, uh, obviously we discussed uh, Usman Fane uh, leaving last week. Obviously since then, uh, Dylan Connolly uh, sorted himself out at Bohemians, which is great for him, back on the Emerald Isle. Uh, and yesterday we said goodbye to Ockers, who I, I think has been a fantastic player for us, as has Dylan. Uh, both given 100% in every, every single game they've played for us. Uh, in many ways... This season has been frustrating for the pair of them, Joel, and you can sort of understand them, you know, uh, perhaps seeking first-team opportunities elsewhere. Yeah, I mean, starting with Dylan, obviously, he was a really big... He got brought in by Robbo, obviously, but didn't really feature too much. And then when Derek came in, there was, I think, just his work rate and his ability to kind of carry the ball at the pitch at great pace as well and stretch defences. Obviously, that was something that Derek really took to. And then, yeah, he was part of that kind of that side, that kind of revamped kind of 4-3-3 that did really, really well towards the end of last season. And this season, obviously, he started, I think he, he's had a couple of missed chances. I don't know if that's knocked his confidence a little bit. And obviously, he hasn't had too much game time over the past couple of months. And, you know, he's 27, I think. So, you know, you get to that point, you do want to be playing games and, 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 and you know, being a more regular feature in the starting eleven. So you can totally get why... He's gone, he, you know, he, he's trying to move back to Ireland and I hope he does well there alongside uh, John O'Sullivan at Bohemians as well. So that'll be a, that's a nice little link, uh, former former Shrimps link up. And then obviously Anthony O'Connor, he, he was brilliant last season, you know, one of our best players. It seems that Derek, he's not Derek's preference for, for centre-back, which I don't think is reflective of his abilities as a player. It's just different managers prefer different types of players. And I think... I think I think in general in football it's easy to look at things in a kind of very you know you see people look th- look at things in quite a binary way sometimes he's either good or he's rubbish or the manager's picking him or he's not but you know it, it, you know it's all about different styles of play and what what gel who gels with what other players and what kind of manager they 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 gel with and for whatever reason Derek doesn't wasn't probably wasn't as keen as uh, as keen on Ant as Robert was because Robert obviously made him captain made him a key part of the side and. You know, he's he's a good enough player to be to deserve to be starting pretty much every week, and it's fine. He's, he's he's found a nice uh, a good move to Harrogate. You know, a good a nice little club Harrogate. Uh, I think I think it works out nicely for him geography wise. So, yeah, a good move all around really. And you know, he's he's probably going to be a player that they'll build their their side around to come because you know they could do with a little bit of experience. They've got quite a lot of youthful exuberance at, uh, at Harrogate. So having somebody who they can kind of build around is quite nice. Yeah, and, and uh, 
with with three leaving, uh, and obviously we've had two coming in with uh, Daniel Simeu, and obviously this this week Danny Crowley, and that's sort of whetted the appetite. Um, perhaps uh, a little bit of a little bit of a lost soul, but has found his mojo uh, the first time with Willem Tway in Holland, but for family reasons wanted to come back to the UK, and we've been very quick in picking him up, which is a good thing, I think. Yeah, and I, I, he strikes me as a player that Derek is going to be quite good, at, quite good at getting the best out of. He's seen looking at his highlights and looking at what people are saying about him. He is a very, very talented and creative footballer. And if we look at the kind of the record that Derek's had with players like Adam Phillips and Carlos, and even going back to you know his Plymouth days with Graham Carey, he's he's good at finding a role for those people in his side because I think. As we spoken about with spoken about with him on the pod, he he does very much like to have players who are happy expressing themselves and feel most comfortable expressing themselves in the pitch when they're going forward. And I think that might be something that might link up quite nicely with somebody like Crowley, who who looks like a a, a really talented, creative person, a player who just needs a bit of you know, a bit of room to maybe kind of express those talents. So hopefully, it'll be another good partnership that uh, yeah, Derek will strike up with a player and get the best out of him. Yeah, it's, uh, it's um, certainly, you've moved very quickly there, uh, Charlie. Um, so Derek had his eye on him, or uh, Greg Strong spotted him, or how did that come about? Yeah, Greg, 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 Greg has been, did a lot of work in the background, and he's a very well-connected guy, and uh, he knew of him and acted very quickly. And, you know, he, he, he looks like a, looks like a classic, classic Morgan story about to happen, isn't it? Classic uh, Derek Adams, classic, you know, wave and stray type. Uh, scenario which which generally the people the people do well when they come to the family club and it's more football club so everyone's feeling really good about it yeah and, it's, you know, wish all the best to, all the best to, all the best to us and um, Dylan and and Ant in the future and yeah they all they all try very 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 hard when they were when they're on the pitch and uh, you know all had really good moments yeah so it's the uh, the the Mazuma rehabilitation centre isn't it. And uh, it seems to work quite well. And it, if it works, I mean, you look, for instance, at somebody as plain as Greg Lee, who had had sort of two really injury-ravaged seasons and uh, nobody took a chance on him, and we did. And uh, and then, obviously, uh, he managed to get himself a, a nice little job at, at Ipswich Town. So, uh, you know, it could be good for both parties for however long it lasts, Joel. Yeah, and I mean, you look, you look back at, uh, kind of our history even before uh, Derek was in, you know, we've we've always had quite a bit of a, a long-standing thing with taking taking on players and giving them, you know, a good place to thrive. I think Jamie Devitt is quite a nice little example. I know he never quite really went on to push onto League One, but for a long time he was one of the best playmakers in League Two. But before coming to Morecambe, I think he did seem a little bit lost. Jim could take some inputs and arm around him. Ryan Edwards, he was quite highly rated, I think, I Ryan Edwards, but Jim's kind of taken him in, got the best out of him. Uh, Tom Barkhausen, another very, really good example, you know, coming coming out of a bit of a messy situation at Blackpool with all yeah. the ownership stuff. And yeah. he has his great Preston move and he's done fantastically there. Uh, Sam Sean Lavelle. Miller. Yeah, Sean, Sean Miller, Miller got a great season with us. Uh, Sam Lavelle, another one, you know, done fantastically well. So we've got a nice, like, yeah, we've got a nice history with that kind of thing, and it's nice to be able to take on these players and you know give them a, that kind of place where they can really thrive and kick on. And hope, I'd like to think as well we we develop a bit of a reputation for that as a club too. 
Well, he certainly looked, like you say, from his showreel, Crowley certainly looks like he can play football. Uh, and the football that we've played in the last three games, he looks like he, he could easily fit into that. But uh, I, I did notice there was a, a Derek uh, hinting that there might be one more coming in, which could be quite interesting, Joel. Yeah, I mean, it's it's one in, one out at the moment. Uh, uh, Oz has gone and uh, Simeo came in. Uh, obviously, Dylan goes, Crowley comes in, Ant goes. There's and obviously Derek said there's probably there's going to be another one in, not before the weekend, not until next week probably. But yeah, you know, we'll have to wait and see what the, what that's going to be. I think, I, I mean, for me personally, I think probably defensively field might be a place to look at because I think beyond Gibson, we've not got too many options there. And no, you know, if it only takes an injury or a suspension, we're a little bit a little bit thin the ground there. So yeah, that might be a place worth looking at. But whatever you know, whatever Derek and Greg go for, you know, I'm sure they've got good ideas in their head of where it needs to be looked at far better than me. So we'll have to we'll have to wait and see what they go for. Yeah, could be fun, but watch this space because you never know what's going to happen. Right, sorry, Martin, we've uh, we've been droning on for about 20 minutes since you joined us. But, no, you're absolutely fine, Chris. Um, but from that point of view, uh, obviously, Harry contacted me and said, oh, can Martin come on? He's got lots he wants to talk about, about events of 2023 at the Mazuma. So I think this is a pretty good time to sort of bring you in and talk about it because there's lots of exciting stuff going on that you want to uh, you want to impart the knowledge of. Yeah, I think this year we, we were looking to do as much as we can uh, from our side to give Derek the tools to be able to reflect on the pitch. Um, yeah. Commercially, we've had a good year, a good few years now. We need to take it up that next level as well. So um, we launched the Shrimps Business Club uh, back in December. Uh, that's got its first meeting on the 26th of January, Thursday 26th at 6 p.m., that's to encourage more businesses to engage, use the facilities more, um, and overall make sure the shrimp's family is looking after itself as well. Um, so helping deal with each other, do business with each other, and and try and make sure supporters and the businesses that support us engage with each other as well. So that's a real positive to have. Um, That'll be interesting well, to see the take up on that then, won't it? Because obviously what you're trying to do is obviously it's a double-edged sword. You're trying to get other businesses involved, uh, even if it is just using the facilities at the museum and not necessarily on a match day, but also uh, get supporter involvement with those businesses, trying to grow both. Yeah, and I think it's important uh, that we do try and look at widening the reach as we possibly can. The Mazuma Stadium is a great community asset as well, and we need to make sure it's used as much as we can do. So we need to look at ways that we can do that make sure that businesses do feel that they want to use us. Um, so by putting something in place to to show them what we can do and the reach that we can get for them, um, but also supporters as well. Some of the businesses that are coming, can they, how can they interact with supporters? Can they do special deals for our supporters? Things like that. So um, that first one is on the 26th. Um, We've actually just had a special guest confirmed for it as well. Um, not only will we be talking business, but Derek Adams will be there as well, talking a little bit about management in a workplace, not necessarily football, but he'll be uh, talking about management styles and things that he does on the football pitch um, and engaging that knowledge with local businesses. Um, we've got a talk from a uh, local HR, uh, HR company that sponsors as well. 
Um, so yeah, we we re really have try and widen what we do a little bit in this year to try and give Derek as much support as we can on the pitch. Um, but the big one, yeah, is of course the two shows that have been announced for May um, that we're doing. Abba, Abba and Queen. Abba and Queen. Um, now it's not just any old Abba and Queen that you you are seeing. These shows are West End shows, and I'm not talking about nipping down to hundred yards down the road to West End. It is <laughs> it is London's West End that is coming to Morecambe. We've got some uh, world famous artists that are going to be uh, performing in there. They've all performed lead roles in West End shows. Um, in the likes of Mamma Mia, the likes of uh, We Will Rock You, things like that, they're actually going to be performing with a bit of a backup line as well of local artists on each day. Um, but it's an event that we we want to get out to music fans, but we really need the support of supporters as well. Um, what are the dates, Martin? And the dates are the 26th and 27th of May. Um, and the big thing to get this is not just a little show that we're putting on in the local choice suite. This is not for 200 people. This is gonna be a two and a half thousand capacity outdoor. We're gonna make it the biggest party Morecambe's seen for years. It, it really is a full outdoor stage, uh, a dancing area on the pitch. We've got seating as well, um, VIP tickets in the lounge. It really is gonna be a night to remember. And I think the important thing is We've got 2,600 season ticket holders. We want to see as many of those season ticket holders down there as we possibly can. And I think the big thing to get from all this, when we're doing all this, where we do all this commercial and events and things like that, and there's one main aim that we've got here, and it's not that we're trying to line private people's pockets or anything like that. What we're trying to do is give Derek as much money as we can to perform on that pitch. So I think it's really important that we, we remember that when we are doing stuff like this, by people showing the support, buying the tickets, really can make that difference. If, if we can make success of running outdoor shows, it's a really good income stream that the board are great at making sure there's as much given to Derek as he possibly can as well. So I'm not expecting Ryan Cooney to uh, don a blonde wig and trying to be Agnetha out of the ABBA then. <laughs> No, we did contemplate bringing Mandeville back a little bit because he's not bad. <laughs> <laughs> I think a few people can remember uh, Man. Uh, Man back. That was it. It'd be a very good support act. Um, whether he'd be up for it, I don't know. Probably. <laughs> but, <laughs> no, in <Liam. laughs> How much is tickets? Um, sorry. How much are the tickets? Um, tickets start from seventeen pound fifty uh, for standing. So it really is good value. Um, there is a £2.50 booking fee per ticket. However, what we've done with these events as well, we wanted to make sure we look after the local community and one of the best good causes around local community is St John's Hospice. So the booking fee actually goes direct to St John's Hospice. We're working with them to promote it. They'll be there on the night as well uh, with uh, charity collectors, things like that, um, to make sure that we're having an impact on the club, but we're also having an impact on the local community and and really trying to make that difference, which is what the football club's all about. So my next question is, um, 
you know, when you, you put something on in May and you're hoping for weather, uh, is 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 it if we're in church hall or what? What happens? <laughs> well, no, because it, it's under... So we, we were on the pitch um, with some of it, so there is a percentage on the pitch. Presumably other, facing the main stand then? Facing the main stand. So we've got about 1,500 seats available as well on the main stand. Yeah. Um, so you will be able to see it from the main stand. You can choose pitch or standing. And the big thing we've seen these shows work, that they're specialists at bringing the West End shows to football stadiums. Um, so we've seen it at uh, Plymouth, Exeter have done it as well, Ipswich have done it. So they've really been successful wherever they've been. Stockport did it, they sold out. Um, and it really is such a good night. Um, Mike and Jody went to see the show up at Stockport, had a great night up there. Um, saw what it was all about and it, it really is something that even if you're not the biggest Avril Queen fan you are going to have a good night because it is just going to be a party atmosphere so so presumably Abba's the Saturday and Queen's the Sunday is that right um no it's the Friday and the Saturday oh, yeah Friday and the Saturday Sorry, yeah. Abba's on the Friday Queen's on the Saturday so uh, is it sort of doors at Half past five sort of thing. and then Yeah, we're, we're going to be opening up at five o'clock uh, with some support acts on. And then we'll be around a ten, half ten finish uh, for the shows. Maybe a little bit of an after party in the local choice suite, if I can talk Mike into it. Uh, but uh, I, I think... The Queen show is a, kind of, a kind of magic, the Queen show, probably. Um, <laughs> is that a pun? That's, that's, what you <laughs> that's a great pun. Yeah, you're taking the inspiration from Rod there, isn't he? Yeah, I'll, uh, yeah, he is really, yeah. And uh, if Rod was here, he'd be going up through the ages. Oh, yeah, so I want to break free from these puns. <laughs> <laughs> I think Swids has been trying to put as much Abba and Queen into the uh post match celebrations the last few games as well. Yeah, get people in the mood. Well, I'll, <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'll tell you what, Martin, if we if we somehow manage to survive in League One, I'm sure there'll be a lot of people, uh, a lot of people very, very interested because obviously uh, we, we finished sort of like three or four weeks before that. So it's uh, it's a good time to get tickets then. But obviously tickets are on sale now. Is that right? Tickets are on sale now. They've started selling well. Uh, the 1750 is an early bird price. So it's definitely worth getting in before all the early bird prices go out, uh, run out. Um, and I, I just think it's going to be a great night. I, I really do think it'll be something very different, something that Morecambe's not seen before uh, as a football club, for sure. And if you know these are successful, you never know where we're going to go next year. We, you build on it. You look at events like Highest Point, things like that. They started off small and look at where they are now. And I High think that's point, what that's what we need to look at growing and, and looking at the opportunities. Charlie, you're cracking me up. Stop it. I missed that one. Well, the highest point, the highest point of the highest point there. Um, well, I would say about the, uh, I would say the business, the business uh, club, really, really important. What month was it, Martin? December, November, December, we had a, we had a Chamber of Commerce thing at Mizuma. Yeah, we had the Chamber of Commerce in both November and December. We had two events from them. Um, yeah, so Rod, Rod gave a boring speech about the history of Morgan Football Club. Derek, Derek spoke for a long time about the uh, about the um, 
the, the way he manages the, the, doing his research and strategy for the game. But I, the, the main that, that was less boring than Rod. <laughs> I, I, I came on. I came on and spoke about um, you know setting a vision, having a mission and a, and a purpose, and working towards a, a plan with, with stages on that sort of stuff. Sounds rubbish, but it actually was quite funny. Um, and uh, and uh, there, there was probably about thirty or forty businesses there from from the local area. Yeah. I, I said at the beginning, who has been, who comes to watch Morecambe Football Club every week? Yeah. Um, who comes? They haven't. 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 They it just shows that as part of the three-year plan for the club of the of the, of the Shrimps family, you know, with the Shrimps Trust, massive, yeah. massive gains, the women's football, massive, massive gains, yeah. the academy's doing really well, the club, you know, I'm missing one off there, uh, the community, community. You know, amazing, amazing work. It's all come together, but the, the Morgan family is a family of Morgan and Lancaster that's around the area. And that's one thing this business club has been, Martin's put this business club thing together to forge the actual community family of Morecambe to try and bring it closer together and work, and we'll have to be a caveat to that. And so um, it's been a really, really good thing to do. And while we're at it, um, just uh, the brilliant initiative with the uh, the local youth league uh, opening the, uh, what we would call the away stand, uh, for the service of youth league to come last Saturday, and obviously that swelled the attendance. And I know they, they were, they, you know, uh, it, it is worth doing because the simple fact is, what was the attendance? Four thousand six hundred and something. And a lot of them were doing the youth team, the, the youth people, and that they were on, uh, you know, free or cheap tickets, which is fine. But look, I, I, I bet, I bet uh, they spent a fortune on sweets and drinks and everything. So, and they get to see a Mork and win, Martin. That's that's positive, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, we had 4,677 there um, on uh, the Cheltenham game with 850 from the service to Youth League. And Stuart Glover works tirelessly um, getting that relationship with the service to youth. He's done a, a great job there from the community's point of view to, to get that relationship. And what we've got to remember is these, these kids are the future of Morecambe Football Club. It, it's not... Um, it's not us that are the future as such. We need to be getting hold of these kids when they're six, seven, eight years old and really getting into them. And I think that's what we've achieved really well this year with different initiatives. Um, and, and it's working. You're walking around Morecambe and Lancaster now and you're seeing them there with the shirts with Mazuma on it and, and plaster all over it. And I can honestly say when I take my kids to football training, you see more people there in a Morecambe shirt now than you see in a Man United shirt. And you just wouldn't see that a few years ago. You'd see your Liverpool shirts. It's in a Morecambe shirt, full stop. So, And, I mean, it really has a, a, a massive impact. Kids are pestering the parents to go. I was commenting yesterday, I was in the shop, and um, a lady came and said, oh, I'm coming to my first game with my son. I don't like football. Uh, but I'm coming to my first game. Sorry, she came to her first game on uh, Cheltenham. Yeah. And she went, I'm just wanting, when's the next match? 
<laughs> so it, it's a case of the kids are really pestering the parents to, to get them here because they're loving it when it's here and the atmosphere in the family stand and the barter card is absolutely brilliant um, when you can see the kids enjoying themselves, having a great time. And it is gaining new fans and people are coming for the first time and they're really, really enjoying themselves. And, and that's a credit to the supporters as well. The the supporters that are making that atmosphere um, from um, the MGS, Barter Card, uh, SM Cars, Right and Lord they're all up there, all on the feet, making some noise. And the atmosphere is some of the best I've heard at Mizuma this year. It, it's absolutely brilliant. And it See, really does make a difference. So you, you can tell you're a, you're, a, a, you're you're the voice of the club because uh, me and Joel call it the old men the away end and the Berlin Wall. So. <laughs> <laughs> you, I, I was like, what, where where are they? At? Oh yeah, yeah, that's right. <laughs> but, um, from, from that point of view, you know, I, I was amazed at the attendance. It was fantastic. But what helps and what we've spoken about in this is the last three home games have been fantastically well supported. But we've won every single bloody one of them, which helps, doesn't it? Of course it does. I mean, when you see two kids going and watching a 5-0 win, yeah. they're absolutely buzzing. I mean, my youngest went to Burton as his first uh, game. He came away absolutely buzzing. The only problem is he says he's not going again because he's not going to see five goals again. I'm like, ah, get yourself back. <laughs> you are going to. He, he, and the kids do. He does want to go back. He eats... When you when we're serving entertaining football, which we are playing, we're playing great football, it's a great day out. And I think that's what the club's done really well. Yes, we're performing on the pitch and we're showing a great uh, a great performance and great entertaining football to watch. But the match day itself, I think, is so much better at the moment with the new facilities that went in behind the bar card last year. Um, just the whole thing, atmosphere at the front with the uh, penalty goal, penalty kick, weather permitting, we have the singer outside. Just everything, it, it's combined to make it a really good day. And we're combining that with getting families there and really growing that audience. Um, yeah, it, it makes a massive difference. Long may it continue. Long may it continue. Uh, but, like, you know, um, before that happens, we've got to beat Cambridge and then. Um, not sure about Ipswich. Even even Charlie's not looking positive. Charlie said twenty one out of twenty four points, and I think Ipswich is the one that he's not considering getting anything out of. Is that that's right? The, that's the only not, that's, that's the only non certainty. Yeah. I think if we, if we play as well as we did at the Mazuma against them, I don't see why we can't. I think we played. Really well, I remember the first game in League One when we played them two two, and how shocked we were, and we're winning two one to the ninetieth minute. Graham Howes gets his camera out to take a picture of the, of, the, of the scoreboard, 90 minutes, like, don't do it. And as he pressed click, the bloody ball went in the goal. I was like, idiot, idiot. <laughs> well, at least we know who to blame when it goes wrong. Yeah. Oh, so, yeah, good job. So, right, Charlie, I'm, I'm coming to you now for your no comment. No comment. So, so you know what I'm going to ask you, don't you? Because obviously, no James, James, James like, 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 have you seen 24 Hours of Police Custody? It's like an episode of that. Like, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Um, yeah, yeah. So, what were you doing last Thursday night at nine o'clock? Uh, no no, yeah, because you you were, you were on the uh, on the podcast trying to answer dodge questions about the new owners. So, I know you can't say anything, but uh, you know we're still in the hands of the EFL. Is that correct? Correct. 
Right. So that that was better than a no comment, wasn't it? That Joel, at least we're getting somewhere. Uh, so the, there is there is no time limit on that, is there? No. Thank you. Uh, but on, I, we as we understand from James last week, uh, it's obviously Graham and a couple of others who are doing all the work because the EFL are. Uh, uh, are scrutinising everything we do as well as the business plans from the new guys. Is that correct? That is correct. See there, and that was easy, wasn't it? Matt? See, I've got nothing else. Have you got anything you want to ask, Joel? Now, <laughs> no comment. <laughs> so, uh, what, what will be, what, what will be, will be, and we'll see what happens. But I cannot comment for fear of getting into trouble with my fellow book. <laughs> just, just quickly, actually, I'd. But Joe, you might know come before. I, I probably should say on the trust front. We we have got uh, we we are meeting next week, so obviously we're aware of the situation with the ownership and everything. And you know, we're kind of we're keeping and an no eye, obviously. Comment. And yeah, no comment because you know we've got at the end of the day, it's in the hands of the EFL at the moment. But obviously, we we, we do we are aware of what's going on. We're keeping an eye, and you know we'll have to see how it pans out. And uh, yeah, hopefully it all pans out for the best. And the one thing I felt really guilty about when I wound up last week, and we and we. We'd, we'd re recorded everything was that I, I had on my list to mention that it was it was food bank collection and uh, I went down and uh, I went down to Aldi and spent like 16 quid and took a bag in and uh, there was quite a few people had done just the same but I have to say I was a little bit disappointed when they showed the picture of the van before they drove off because the last time we filled it and with 4,600 there, I was expecting more than that. And that's not, you know, I understand there's plenty of people out there who are struggling and I can't pretend I'm a millionaire because I'm not. But uh, I was a little bit disappointed and I put that down to my, you know, not mentioning it on the podcast and other people not mentioning it in other areas. And I think that was, you know, I apologise for that because um, I think it's a good thing to get involved with and the, the club do a fantastic job of, of publicising it. And I was the idiot that forgot to mention it. I know plenty of people listen and would have done something about it. So I'm sorry about that, everybody. But there you go. So um, looking forward to the next two games. We will see what happens. I, I've really glossed over the Ipswich game because, um, you know, uh, well, put it this way. I'll mention it. I'll mention it next week if we go there and win 3-0. <laughs> is it the Tuesday the Ipswich game? Yeah, it's week Tuesday, isn't it? So. Tuesday, yeah. You going go to Cambridge? You three? Any of you three going? No, I'm not going to Cambridge. No, too I've scared. Got, <laughs> I've got grandkids' weekend, so I'm like, I'll probably have no hair this time next week. Um, sec second time of the season that we've had the grandkids over, and it's like, um, I've I've just been out today and spent about seventy quid on biscuits and crisps and all sorts of, you know. Yeah, it's what you do with grandkids, aren't you? You fill them full of sugar and then send them home on a Sunday. It's been 70 quid on a return train to get to Cambridge. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, 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 I'd like to go to Cambridge and, and, and get some respite, but it ain't going to happen, unfortunately. But hopefully I'll be uh, I'll be listening. So we'll see how we go. So this has been Shrimpnet number, what's this, 20, 21? Something like that. 20? I don't know. We've yeah, lost as usual. I, I, I'll lose count during the season, but I don't care. But there you go. So thanks to Martin. Um, you've put your point across very well. If you need to come back and uh, and sell some more tickets, uh, please feel free. Charlie, thanks for all the all, all the no comments as well as the comments. And uh, we'll, we'll see you again in a couple of weeks' time, hopefully. Uh, Joel, you and I will be here next week, hopefully with a player and hopefully with yet more good news about uh, a dodgy penalty that won us a game at the Abbey Stadium. You heard it here first. Thanks for listening. This has been Shrimp Net. <laughs>